Hello and welcome to yet another episode of CTO Talks. My name is Dmitry Stepanov and I am a co-founder and CTO of Glorium Technologies, an international technology company hosting tonight's event. Um, this is a video podcast for uh, technical leaders and for those who want to become them at some point. We have guests who possess extensive experience uh, in the area of technology and tonight's guest is Edgar Escobar, CTO at uh, Grupo Alto. But before we start our discussion, consider subscribing to our channel. We have lots of great content coming soon, including future installments of CTO Talks. Uh, now let's talk about our guest Edgar Escobar practitioner in multiple industries uh, within North, Central and South American uh, businesses, as well as practitioner in the European market, specifically in uh, risk management, data management and IT solution uh, within the banking, logistics, communication, retail and service industries at different level, including analytical, strategic, technical and operation, data governance and officer at security level. Wow, what a huge and rich uh, experience you have, Edgar. Now, uh, Edgar, tell us a little bit about your, I guess, international experience. I mean, since you worked in so many locations, Something about, I don't know, some teams, some specific experience, maybe some stories about uh, one of your teams in those locations. Uh, thanks, Dimitri. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone who's um, taking the time to hear us um, a couple of minutes. Um, yes, I've been around for some years now, around 15 years now. Um, it's been quite a ride because probably not a lot of you guys know, but when you are in South America, you have over 15 countries and each of them is very different. Yeah. So actually one of my main challenges as a leader was actually building a team in a different culture or a different country from the one that I was uh, born in and from Colombia. And I remember about 15 years ago, I was asked to build a team in Venezuela. Um, at the time, um, it sounded really easy. Well, it's the same thing that I've been doing in the past just get to a specific place, find some curriculums, and just make it happen. And reality is that that was the first time that I realized that building teams is more than just finding people. It's about finding a fit. It's about making sure that you have the right people for the right jobs. And as you do that, you have to build a culture. You have to build a DNA. So, um, so that was quite a story. I don't know, Dimitri, if we have the time so I can tell you a little bit about that. Or, or... Yeah, sure. So tell us about uh, Venezuela DNA, I guess. That would be sounds, sounds, sounds interesting. It's, and that's just one example. So, um, so I remember I used to go to the South American um, culture. It's very different from the North American culture or the European culture. South Americans tend to be very... We don't tend to know what no means. Uh, culturally speaking, we're very hardworking, but uh, sometimes we're not very direct. So I remember that at the time in my previous company, um, we decided that it was going to make a lot of sense to build a mathematical, a functional consultancy team. We meant to build uh, scorecards. We were meant to build uh, relational models. We were built to build at the time, they were not called machine learning or artificial intelligence, where they were called nonlinear models or um, data with non-structured data, uh, models mm -hmm. with non-structured data. So 
we decided that we were going to build a team. And we decided uh, Venezuela was the best place to do it because they have great professionals. So I, I remember that the first day that I got to Venezuela, um, I didn't know what really to do. I didn't know how to find people. I didn't know how to reach people. And after a couple of months, probably three months of going to universities, talking to people, there we had it. We had around 15 professionals. 60% um, of them had their PhD either in uh, mathematics or engineering, and we were ready. And I decided that it was a good moment to tell them how I felt, how I felt about building a team. So I tried to do something different. I hired a place, a great place, great food. And at the time that we were all together, I made a mistake. I did not realize that Colombian Spanish and Venezuelan Spanish is different. And you would say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does. There are words that mean something different. There are words that in the culture mean something different. So after three months of hard work, I had my 15 people and I said a word that I cannot tell you the, the, what it actually means in Venezuela, but it, it didn't mean the right thing. And I had 15 people just quitting on me, saying that I, what, what, what I was thinking. It took me about 20 minutes to explain to them that I want, what, I, what I wanted to tell them was we're going to be a great team. And they heard something different because I said something different. So it's amazing how after three, four months of hard work, just the wrong word could destroy so much. So I guess that's really important. When you are building culture, when you are building a team, every word matters. You have, I insist, you have to work, create a fit. You have to create a culture. You have to know what you want to build and be very discreet and know exactly what you're doing for your team. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's actually a very good insight. Uh, any other similar stories in other locations? Well, you know, every, every, every place is different. And if you go to, um, to different cultures, it's even worse. Um, there's stories all over the place. I remember, like I said, I used to be a consultant at the time. And yep. we were just moving all over the place. And even in different languages that are quite similar, you find the same situation. So Portuguese and Spanish, well, you know, if you know Spanish, you kind of, kind of move around Portuguese and the other way around. So a couple of lessons and you have it. So you think you speak uh, Portuguese, which is, well, it's a, it's a complete mistake. And I remember that one day we were talking about there was a big, um, this was not with a team. This was uh, an auditorium. We had around 150 people. And we were talking about um, logistics and we were talking about transportation. Mm -hmm. And actually, the way that you call a bus in Colombia actually means something not that nice in Brazil. So same story. We were trying to be very organized. We were trying to send a direct message. And at the end, we ended up saying something that sounded a little bit different. So I would say you you can have plenty of those examples. And um, there is where you understand that reality is that when you start creating a team, probably, and this, this may sound really strange for CTOs, technical piece is just probably a 20% of it because Yes, we have to be technical. We have to know our stuff, but we have been doing that for the last 30, 40 years. We have been being technical our whole lives. So there's a moment that in our career, we are not asked only to do that. 
we're asked to do more. We're asked to know our teams. We're asked to understand our teams. We're asked to make sure that our teams are better. I remember um, probably this happened 20 years ago. I was with a boss of mine at the time, great guy, very intelligent guy. And I remember coming in from a, a meeting and he told me, hey, how did it go? At the time it was, I don't know, it was in my early 20s. And I said, great. And he said, why? And he said, I was the smartest guy on the table. Everyone was hearing me out. I was sending the best ideas and it was awesome. And he looked at me and he said, you're really, really wrong. You're not really understanding what, how it should work. And I was like, why? And he said, well, it's very simple. If you are in a room and let's say that the average from one to 10 of that room, it's a five, what would you prefer to be a one, but make that average comes higher, maybe a seven or an eight mm -hmm. or be a 10 and make that average maybe lower? How does, how does that make sound? Let's say that I'm in a team and I am a one, but I'm putting all my energy in each of the people in that team to become a seven, not a five anymore, but a seven. Or the other way around, everyone on my team is a five, I am a 10, but everything that I do is try to discourage them, is try to make them feel not as strong. So at the, at the end, he sent me a really strong message and a really good uh, um, idea, which is my objective as a leader, not at the time a CTO, is to make the people around me better because that'll make my job better. And to be honest, that doesn't make a lot of sense when you are a technical person, because when you're a technical person, well, you're in front of a keyboard and well, it's you against the screen, it's you against your code. So the better you are, well, the better you do your work. So yeah. this leader coming in and saying, hey, does it really matter? Probably you can not be as good, but if your team is better, actually the average of your, of your team is going to be higher and the results are going to be higher. Um, to be honest, that day was really important. Uh, I have to be honest, I didn't understand that probably five years later. At the time, I was like, ah, he's crazy. He, he didn't get it. And it I, takes I, I, time to understand such ideas because, I mean, especially from the technical background, you just immediately reject it. So exactly. So, um, so it was great. Five years later, I did understand and well, it was, it was awesome. Good. That's actually a very interesting insight. Uh, have you seen the latest revision of PM book? PM book? Um, I haven't. Tell me something about that. <laughs> well, it's totally different. So, I mean, remember, like in the previous PM book, they have structure uh, or the risk management, uh, resource management, uh, all stuff like very structured matrices, uh, responsibilities, sections. In the latest one, Everything is gone. It's all about team motivation. It's all about soft skills. It's all about working with the team. Well, I mean, my actually, as you said, my initial feeling was about this book. Why? Why did they break everything? I mean, they did put a note that everything we're putting in the new revision doesn't conflict with our previous revision. Our previous revision still needs to be implemented, but we are focusing on this stuff. So. Well, I, I think they went too far, a little bit too far. It's always something in the middle which makes sense. We'll see the next revision, but that's exactly what you're saying. It's like 
forget about technical. We need to think about people. We need to think about building the teams because that's what brings a value to, to you, to client, to customer, to company, to everything. Well, I guess it resonates with this idea. Um, good. Um, you said that the real objective of CTO, well, besides building the teams, is to build a strategy for the, I guess, for the technical part of the product company, whatever you are working on. Can you give a couple uh, comments on, on, on this topic? Sure. So let me start being a little bit uh, disruptive. So everyone is nowadays into chat GPT and everyone is into artificial intelligence. Yeah. And it's great. But reality for us that have been building models, artificial intelligence, especially machine learning, came before linear models. If you look at the books, um, actually, um, people uh, in the 40s, they didn't have the technology. They were building non-structured models. So reality for mathematicians, um, the models that are harder, well, not harder, but the models that came later were linear models. So when people come and they start talking about artificial intelligence, they, they start talking about machine learning. Yes, it's really important for us to new, know the new, new technologies, but it's not something that is that new. Why I'm saying this? Because now everyone is hype about artificial intelligence. Do you need to work? Do you need to build an artificial intelligence model? Really depends. It really depends on the problem that you have. For instance, let's say that you understand, truly understand your uh, variables, both your uh, responsive variables and the ones that you're going to explain your model with. In that okay. case, probably an artificial intelligence model is not going to be the best fit. And even though you can get the best fit from artificial intelligence model, it's going to take you longer and a bigger effort than just doing a linear fit or a, uh, or, or a logistic fit. What I'm trying to say here is that, and th that by example, is that it really doesn't matter to use the latest technology. What matters is to really understand the problem and build a solution around that problematic. So said that, when you are a CTO, I think a lot of us make a mistake and we feel, we think that we have to find the latest technology that we have to find the best thing that it's out there. And reality is that, yes, maybe, but what is more important is to truly understand your problem. Sometimes the best way to reach something that's under the table is just to find a stick and reach it. You don't have to find a lever and bring up the, 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 the bed and make something very difficult. So when you are a CTO, your objective Mainly your objective is to truly understand your problem. And by understanding your problem, setting up a strategy. Because it's really easy to spend a lot of resources and not truly finding a solution. So I think that's really important. I think that we believe CDOs are meant just to build the latest tech, just to build the latest team. And I think it's more than that. Um, let's look at it from another perspective. When you look at CTOs, sometimes you feel they're the ones that are behind um, fixing laptops. And yes, it's true. Um, you think they're the ones that are behind uh, maintaining your, um, your infrastructure. Yes, 
that's true as well. But all of that, it's operational. All those things happening at daily basis, they happen 20, 50 times a day. You cannot imagine how many times your um, health team is fixing stuff. However, if you fail one time, if only one time out of those hundred times you make a mistake, everyone around your company would go like, oh, your CTO and your company is not doing a great job. They don't understand how to do it. And well, you burned yourself. So you have to move away from that. Yes, again, as you said, Dimitri, it's important. It's part of our job. That 80%, it's what we have been talking in the last 20, 30, 40 years. Today, we're talking about the other 20, the other 30%. So yes, one part is building teams. The other very, very, very important piece is building and strategy. Make sure that you are part of creating value. Make sure that you know exactly where you want to go. When you start uh, working on your team, the first day, try to vision yourself, how your team, what your objectives are going to be in 10 years forward, in five years forward. What are you going to do different? Don't, don't go around saying, hey, I want to build the latest uh, neural network. That's going to happen naturally. You have the skills, like we said. You know how to do it. But what's going to be different is how you're going to embrace the problem. Make sure that you understand what is happening. Make sure that you build a strategy around it. And of course, if you have the right methodologies, make makes sense. Um, just as, as an example, and you were talking about PM, I remember doing PM, I don't know, 15 years ago. And I remember after PM, everyone was talking about Agile and everyone was talking about Scrum. And now everyone again is talking about Agile models. And I think all of them, are really cool. I think all of them make sense. At a point, as a good CTO, what you have to understand is how you make the right mix. So, for example, in my company, we are not PM, we are not Scrum, we are not Agile, we're a combination. We're taking the best out of each, trying to solve our problems. And with this, I'm not saying that everyone should do the same. I'm saying that, again, gather knowledge, gather information and build the best thing for your specific problematic build a strategy and then build a team around that strategy i don't know if that makes sense yes actually it does make sense and well i do have i guess a solution well i mean solution again to the problem so the problem we well cto majority of cto uh, came from the technical background and i mean it's a uh, we have this uh, itching inside of us to play with the new toys, with the latest, greatest, put our hands on something. There is nothing wrong about this, by the way. Uh, but yes, it can uh, bring, uh, it, it, it can lead to some failed solution. So what I actually do, at least I mean, uh, trying to do, uh, running small skunk projects. So this is a latest solution. Sure, no problem. This is a small separate project. Try it out, see how it fits. Maybe it will work out, who knows? But you're not putting everything on the latest and greatest. I mean, no, that would be a great mistake. Ignoring greatest and latest, also kind of mistake. I mean, you're risking to stay behind. Playing in the controlled sandbox environment, I think that works. Uh, that is the best solution. I mean, you limiting budget, you limiting risk, you limiting negative outcome, but at the same time, you keep uh, your hands on 
uh, on on such things. So that that's uh, as you said, it's always balancing. It's always balancing between uh, different solutions that seems to be weird and seems to be too risky sometimes. Okay, so I guess we are on the same page here. Uh, internal or external teams no better and no worse decision here so i mean i, I guess you sending a message it doesn't really matter is it external team is it internal team it's all boils down to what to to, to final team composition team building efforts or to what exactly so let's let's go again through the same you you said something really important which is don't be afraid and reality is that technology is moving way 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 too fast and don't this doesn't mean in a wrong way i think it's awesome i think that it's great that every couple of months something new is coming in so you have a great challenge which is how are you going to make sure that you keep up to date and mm -hmm. that's really hard so like we said this, this, this I don't know if it makes if, if people are getting the message behind this because like i said we have to do about 20 things at the same time we have to build a team we have to make sure that people are coming in through human resources people are going out because we haven't talked and i don't think we're going to have the time to talk about for example um the great uh, resignation that happened in the us last year you have people coming in coming out so there's plenty of things happening at the same time technical pieces uh, administration pieces. If you are in a, a specific kind of company, you have budget, so you have finance as well. So as a CTO, you have to worry about a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. like 20 different things. Now we're talking about teams and teams building. So said that, let's say that you are in this huge tornado and you have to decide which kind of teams you want to have. It's either an internal team or an external team. Again, I don't think it's about saying, oh, I'll only work with internal teams because they're cheaper or, oh, I'm only going to work with um, with external teams because they have the newest technology. I think it's about balance. I think it's about understanding, again, what your problem is and what your strategy is. During my life, and I'll give you a couple of examples, I've done both. I remember a certain moment of my career that I wanted to go through new technologies. At the time, I was wanted. I, I wanted to start working with PHP. I didn't know how to work through PHP, and I didn't have the time to build a team around PHP. Mm -hmm. It took longer. So instead of going to my cave and learning about PHP, I found the right partners, and it was great. We were faster. And something that someone could have said, hey, it's more expensive having a 10 people team cost X and hiring an external team cost 2X. Actually, it was way cheaper because we had people helping out. We were learning things faster and we were building solutions better. Um, probably a lot of you guys who does technology, you know that you can build a great code, but it doesn't mean it's the best code. Having the best code requires iteration, requires experience, requires doing it wrong so many times. So when you go through an external company, you get that, you get that experience. And somehow the cost of having that team is lower than the cost of having an external team. So now on the other side, eventually you might need an internal team. You might, you might need people that are 24 seven looking at your problem 
So like I said before, it's about balance. I wouldn't say external teams are better than internal teams. I wouldn't say internal teams are better than external teams. What I would say again is understand your problem, understand different relations that you have inside of your company. And around that, try to build a team that is very dynamic. Something that I do in my companies is every year, and, and you mentioned Sandbox, I tend to build a couple of, let's call them innovation projects with external teams in my Sandbox. So I know, team, so probably the two times that I use external teams nowadays or three times, the first one, like you said, learning something new. The second one, everyone knows it. When I need something to be fast, go through an external team. And the third one, how you can, and the one that I wanted to explain, how you can mingle, how you can make or create better uh, teams. So for example, if you have a sandbox with a couple of people that are from your external team and a couple of people that are from your internal team, that's great. You create great relations, you create knowledge, you create better culture, and well, that's something that I believe that creates great value. You know what's funny? I've been in, I don't know, several dozens of discussions about um, uh, benefits and disadvantages of the internal, external, outsourcing, uh, outstaffing, all kinds of different models. And during those conversations, conversation immediately would go in the direction of what are benefits, what are disadvantages, and it was obviously arguing, this is better, no, this is better, some objective uh, description, subjective description. But frankly, frankly, I don't recall when conversation went in the direction, hold on, guys, let's discuss what are you trying to solve here. Let's discuss your problem and let them discuss how this problem should be solved with the internal, external, outstaffing, outsourcing. It's always was by some reason backwards. And, and frankly, even if you Google it and read articles, by some reason, it's a backwards. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's actually a very interesting perspective. That's the first time when I'm uh, participating in discussion. Well, it's not a discussion. It's actually kind of in this direction that first look at the problem, see what you're trying to solve, and then move in this direction. This specific. All other topics, yeah, describe the problem and move solution. But by some reason, staffing is not discussed in this way. It's interesting. Um, well, actually, I have another arrangement with my clients and I will need to run soon, but we have time for the last question. Uh, CTO. CTO is a bridge between technology and people. I know, Edgar, you had specific opinion about this and wanted to discuss this specific topic, so why don't you start? So... Um... I don't know if, if a lot of people that are around here today know about the Colorado Canyon, and I think that's a good relation. So in Colorado, well, California, there is this canyon. A lot of people have been there. It's amazing. And one of the things that I like the most is when you start, uh, are on one side and you look to the other side, there's around 30 kilometers from where you are to the other side of the canyon. But at that moment, it looks, it looks like a, something that actually you could jump the other way and I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it looks really close. 
And I think that's what happened in companies between technology and business. At the first time, you feel that they're really, really close. You, you just can grasp them. You can actually do it really simply. But reality, it's a long, long distance. Like we said, there's knowledge, there's processes, there's technology, there's new technologies. And I put this in a different perspective. You have operations, you have uh, innovation, you have development, you have data analytics, you have computer science, you have software development, and I could go on and on and on. And as I speak, the problem is going to be just bigger and bigger and bigger. So we have a great problem and you were talking about it. Business, usually when they start, they want to explain what they want. They tend to tell you their vision. And business is actually really, really good explaining their vision. They tend to understand their vision. They know where they want to go. They know if you ask them, where do you want to be in 10 years, 20 years? They'll go and talk to you for hours of how beautiful and how amazing it looks. Now, on the other side, when you go to your technical team, they won't be able to tell you 10 years from now, but they'll be really, really good at explaining their code, at explaining the very small specifics of what they're building, new technologies, new ideas, how they're going to make it more efficient. And there, a gap starts to build because reality, if business was developing the solution or tech was envisioning or going to your clients to operate, well, doesn't matter, but we are a team. So as this happens, a bridge starts to build. So our work as CTOs is become a bridge. So one of the things that I've realized is that when you talk with a business, they're not really good at making specifications at definitions. Again, they tell your vision. Oh, I would love to be happy. Okay, awesome. Oh, how do you want to be happy? How, how does that happen? Um, and probably after three years of expending a lot of money, you realize that they're happy by having food and the specific food that they want. They love meat and they love meat during the afternoons. And I think as you speak with them, you understand that their vision of being happy, it could be solving 100, 10,000 times, but they have an idea on how to be happy. So our work is to actually try to understand that. Something that it's really funny about my job is when I talk to the business, I am very technical. When I talk to the business, they go like, no, you're a very technical guy. It's really hard to talk to you because, well, you know, you're always talking about code and you're always talking about how hard it's going to, to build this, blah, blah, blah. And when I go to my team nowadays, it's the other way around. They go like, no, nah, you're very superficial. You're only talking about definitions. You're only talking about methodology. You're only talking about how we focus. And remember that it was great talking to you before because we would spend hours about talking new technologies. So I'm right there in the middle. I'm not very technical for my technical team, which is great, but I'm very technical for my business team. So I guess to my point is we have to embrace that. We have to understand that we are a bridge. We are that person that is responsible for making sure that that vision and that capacity to build actually fit. So that's what I mean about being a bridge between technology and people. We have to make sure that people understand each other. Like I said, business nowadays, for example, love artificial intelligence. Hey, that's awesome. 
we can do great things around artificial intelligence. We should be doing more. We should, we should not be afraid about them. But at the same time, we have people that are already experts on that. People that have been working at artificial intelligence for 10, 15 years. So how do we make sure that we listen to each other? How do we make sure that we build solutions around the capacities of our people, the needs of our people, the needs of our team, and try to make things happen? So um, yes, like I said, I think it's it's a great challenge that we have at CTOs. Um, a lot of people see us like that operational people that make sure that the computer works, that the laptop works. And yes, that's part of our job, but we have to make sure that we do more than that. We have to make sure that the strategy of the company, that we have to make sure that the value of the company is aligned to where and what kind of value you are building. And I truly believe that by being a bridge, you can do that by making sure that people understand, again, how do you want to explain, how do you want to solve any specific problems, makes a total different perspective, makes a total different solution. If you make sure that you find the right people, that also works. If you make sure that you find the right technologies, well, that's a must. So you have that obligation of finding different pieces and making them work so you can connect the two sides of your business that, let's be honest, are very different. A business person and a technical person, they have different objectives, even though it's the same company, even though they have the same objective as a company, as people, they have different objectives. So one of your main um, challenges is to make sure that they see that and we get the best out of the two worlds. Well, that's actually funny. Pretty much every single topics we have discussed today was define the problem, discuss the problem in this specific case with the business people and then slowly transition it to the solution with a technical person. But again, connecting them together, making sure that even the problem definition is properly defined so it should be feasible. So I, I guess that's a topic about this conversation should be, I mean, it was supposed to be, I guess. Define the problem and then solve it. Only way to be successful. Well, Edgar, unfortunately, I have to go. Uh, well, we have a lot of topics, I guess, skipped and uh, curtailed. I would be very happy to discuss it further, but unfortunately, I don't have time for this. Maybe we will set up a next uh, interview and we will dig deeper in those topics if you don't mind. Okay, Edgar? It That'll was very nice talking to you. See you later. Bye. You too. Bye.